Hi, I'm Hannah. And I'm Nairi. And we're here to show you the behind the scenes of our fitness journeys. To share the lessons that we've learned along the way. And the things that have helped us grow. To help you thrive in your own journey. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower you. Welcome to our podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to podcast number seven. I can't believe we're already at number seven, Hannah. How exciting. Crazy. So exciting. <laughs> now today uh, we have quite a uh, interesting sort of couple of topics to talk to you guys about. Um, I think it's pretty relevant in today's society with social media and everything. Um, but before we get into the topic, I thought we might start with our wins for the week. So Hannah, what's your win for this week? Oh, but before we do, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mary. Happy birthday to you. It is my official birthday today. Officially, yes. Yes, it is my birthday. And I'm I'm turning the young age of 29. I like to always pop that one in there, that I'm I'm still young. And I think um a lot of people always like think that getting older, there's like a, a bad association with that. And I actually disagree. I love getting older because I know that every year I am healthier, I'm happier, I'm more confident in who I am and life just keeps getting better. I love that. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah, and, and you know what? Me and Shadi were having this exact conversation the other day. I was like, would you go back to your 20s? And he would like. He was like, no, because I've learned so much. I've grown so much. I'm not the same person. I would never go back to being younger if it was at the cost of all of that, you know? 100%. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. I think that everything that I've done, you know, since I was in my early 20s, like, it made me who I am. So it's like, I don't want to kind of go back to those times. Like I love who I've become now from all those experiences. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yay. Okay. So my win, um, my win is actually, it was Friday last week. So technically it's last week's win, but I shared a post, um, because it came from a conversation that I had with one of my clients about she didn't realize um, how heavily edited pictures are on social media and what we're seeing um, is not like yes it's people's highlights but it's more than people's highlights a lot of the time it's not even real at all it's like completely heavily edited um, and she just literally couldn't fathom so I was like I have to show her a before and after of me um, like before it got edited and after and the, the changes are crazy. And like, I just didn't realize, I just figured like, oh yeah, I'm in the industry. I see it all the time. I figured everyone knows that everything's edited, but so many people messaged me like, oh my God, I can't get over your post. So I think like my win was just like to put that out there and show people that like, be mindful of what you're looking at because it's not real. Yeah, I love that, Hannah. And that kind of will go into a little bit of our topic today, which is exciting. I know, it all ties in, which I love. What was your win this week? Um, so my win was actually, uh, it kind of came in yesterday. I sort of knew it was going to happen, but I didn't know officially. Um, so I've got a diet break. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. That is so funny. I was like, oh my gosh, you got some big news. <laughs> 
Well, essentially, like, you know, I've been in this deficit for seven weeks and I had it in my, like, mind when I first started with S&P. I'm like, if I am meticulous with my tracking and I do everything that I'm asked, you know, trust the process, I may actually get a diet break around the week of my um, my birthday. And I was like, at least then, you know, I've got a bit more flexibility and I can have a couple meals out and all that kind of thing. And sure enough, it worked right in line with the week of my birthday. And I, I mentioned it last week to them and, and then they said, yep, you're probably due for a diet break. So we'll pop that in next week. And um, yeah, so I got the word back yesterday that diet break starts today. And so that means for seven days, I'll have an extra um, bit of carbs, a little less protein and a little more fats to play with. So it works out to only be about like 205 calories extra per day. But, you know, when you've been on a certain amount of calories for you know a period of time and you've been so accurate with those um, macros and those targets, having a little bit extra to play with just like it just gives you that extra bit of flexibility so um, I'm really excited about that and um, yeah I'm excited to then see what happens in the next coming weeks as well because I have a feeling because I've done diet breaks in the past and I I usually do get a little bit hungry when I come back which is normal Um, so I think my body will respond really well to that sort of a a strategy. So I'm excited. (laughs) I'm excited too. Yeah, I reckon you're going to, after your diet break, you're going to change like that. I always do. As soon as I have a diet break, when I go back into a deficit, my body's just like, ah. (laughs) So good. I love that strategy. If you can stick to it. I think some people do struggle with it, uh, with the concept of it. But if you've sort of had that experience in the past, then it does make it easy because you you truly trust that process and you know that it's good for you and that your body actually does need that break because you've yeah. you know you've gone for a period of time with um, the dieting and, and you want to create uh, you know a more strategic way of doing it and you can actually go longer in your diet if you do pop in those refeeds here and there. So yeah, it's gonna be a really good week. I can feel it. <laughs> nice, just in time for the birthday. Exactly. And we're, we're actually going out uh, to dinner over the weekend. So initially I was like, oh, I'm going to have to like shave calories off part of the week and put it all onto that day. And, you know, I knew that would cause a little bit of stress and, um, you know, make it a little bit more difficult to stick to. So this just gives me that little bit extra um, that I won't have to worry about. So I'm happy about that. Love it. So that's my win for the week. Love it. And what is your challenge um, that you've faced this past week, Hannah? Well, it was in line with what I shared. um, And it was more about like recognizing the impact that what I have, what I'm putting out there, like how it affects other people, you know? Um, And it's just, I've had like this week, I've been thinking a lot and looking over my old posts and stuff and um, I don't know I feel like when you post on social media you always want to show your best self which is normal like you always want to like uh, show the highlights because that's what it is but um, you never really think about the impact that it has on the people watching or how they might compare themselves to to that so um, it's been like there's been a few times where I've gone to edit something or I've gone to put a filter on my stories and stuff And I'm like, no, I don't want to filter it. I don't want to edit it. I want to post it as it is because I don't want the person looking at that to be 
busy thinking about my flawless skin that I don't really have and missing the point of what I'm posting. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. It's such an interesting topic as well. Um, There was something that popped into my mind, but I feel like I'll remember it once we start talking about um, like getting to the podcast itself. So I'll leave that thought, but um, that's a very, um, a very fascinating sort of, um, yeah, topic really. Um, I think social media is, is such an interesting concept these days. And, you know, we've, we've got everything at our fingertips now and we're constantly bombarded with, um, you know, images of all these other girls and um, other women and, seeing perfection all the time makes people think that perfection is the norm and that it's real but perfection doesn't actually exist really and our our imperfections are actually beauty I think anyway me too yeah and what's your challenge for this week okay so this week is shark week for me (laughs) um and that could mean more ways than one really Uh, (laughs) um I, I definitely felt that because I thought I was getting my cycle last week and because uh, I was actually due for it, took a couple of extra days to sort of hit. Um, but I started noticing my my mood and my emotions change over the weekend. And I every month, like it just hits you, you know, and until you sort of get your period like the day that you get it, you're like, oh, okay, everything's explained now. <laughs> My whole, how I felt for the last week and a half, it makes sense, you know? Um, and I, I try my best not to blame my period, but sometimes it really does affect how you like feel and respond to things. And you're very, sometimes more sensitive to a certain situation. Um, If something negative happens, sometimes you can respond, um, like the response is heightened because you've got all these hormones fluctuating. So for me, my challenge was um, not allowing um, my period because it started on Monday and I'd started training on Monday. Um, I didn't let it kind of affect my sessions. So I was like, it's my final week of the block of training. So my coach says, you need to go hard this week, basically. Um, And then next week will be a deload when I start my new program. So I'm like, okay, if I'm going to have my period at the same time as the final week of my training block, I'm not going to let that affect my performance. Like obviously to an extent, like it will sort of affect me somewhat, but if I can sort of push those negative thoughts away and try and just give it my all and then you know I can come out on top and I think it's almost like a test for me as well because next year with a comp prep I can't just say oh I've got my period so I'm just not going to train or I'll just you know drop it back today just because I've I've got my period it's like well no like you're actually yes you can sort of strategize and and work around your period but you can't have that as like a responsibility or a reason why you're not achieving something you need to actually put in the work and um, do your best uh, to perform with what you have at that given time so that's kind of um, the challenge that I was working with at the start of the week and um, I did my Monday session and my Wednesday session I started off like being like oh I don't really have a lot of energy but somehow I just switched 
flicked the switch and just literally went ham. And I had two of the best sessions I've ever had in my life. It was incredible. It was also with my perspective and my mindset. So sometimes it actually isn't necessarily an emotional or like a, a hormonal thing. Sometimes it's actually your thoughts that actually control um well, yeah, our thoughts control everything that we do. So if you can sort of um, work on reframing your perspective, then sometimes you can actually um, have a better outcome than if you just let your hormones and your emotions run wild. So, so that's my challenge. I love that. Yeah, that's so true. And you know what? When I first started training, um, I would, oh, yeah, I've got my period. I'm going to skip today. Um, and then when I started my first comp prep, I was like, if I take a couple of days off every single month, I am never going to get anywhere. And now, like when I have my period, it doesn't even come into my head because I know that if you ever want to achieve results, and this doesn't just go for comp prep, this goes from lifestyle training as well. You cannot not train just because mm. you have your period. Like, otherwise you will never achieve the results that you want. It's kind of like um, when you hear in like high school, I mean, I did this too. Whenever it came around to swimming carnival, oh, I can't swim. I've got my period. It's like um, there's tampons, you know, <laughs> like, but we, we gave ourselves that excuse. Mm. And I hate that because it's, you could use that with anything that happens to you in life. And if you're constantly putting up those excuses, you won't achieve the thing that you set out to do because shit happens things come up obstacles you know come left right and center sometimes we need to Ooh. figure out how that... what the book that i'm reading the obstacle is the way yes i love it it's so good it's by ryan holiday you just when you said that i was like oh my god it's so relevant right now so that literally the the whole concept of this book is the the obstacle is the thing that you need to push through in order to get to where you're going, you don't stop at the obstacle. The obstacle is the way. Yes, it's so true. I, I swear, like, I think I've mentioned that before, but people always say that they're waiting for a perfect week or they're waiting for the right time. There is literally no right time. And it's just, sometimes you have to just start, even though there's something else in the way. Like it's, you know, you just do what you possibly, the best with what you possibly can do or, you know, with what you have at that given time. And um, sometimes that's all you can do. So just, you know, get up off your ass and do the thing. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, love that. And what was your win? I already said my win, remember? The, the oh, diet break. Win. Oh, what are you grateful for? <laughs> oh, I don't know if I'm coming or going. <laughs> Oh, um, what am I grateful for? Um, I, oh yes. Okay. Um, I actually was thinking, um, about how we met and I've had people ask me. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? Today I am grateful for Hannah because, uh, you're just, you're such a radiant, we have such a radiant personality and we get along on like just this different kind of level than I ever have with anyone else. And I just love your positive energy and vibes. You're such a supportive person and you're such a, a welcoming person as well. And, and I just 
I'm very appreciative of, you know, our friendship and everything that we've been doing recently with the podcast. Um, but I think it was actually when you, I think either you or the Obsessed Gymwear um, page had posted about the girls weekend. Like you guys had reshared that same photo of like all of us um, at the pool, poolside. And it just kind of like reminded me of, the conversations that I first had with you, because I remember at the photo shoot, we didn't like, I'd met you, but we didn't really have that many conversations. It wasn't until we actually went to the girls weekend that um, that was when we, you know, were able to, um, you know, have some deeper meaningfuls and everything and um, have some like alone time together. And I thought that was really special. And I don't know, I just felt a different vibe from you that I haven't had with other people. So yeah, I just wanted to share that with you today that I'm very grateful of your friendship and I love you to bits. Oh, I love <laughs> you so much. I'm tearing up. I was like, oh my gosh, she's going to make me oh. cry. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> That's your win for next week. Yes. Oh, I love you so much. And I feel the same. Like, I know I've said this to you before. Like, from the moment I met you, I was like, I need to be friends with this girl. I love her so much. Like, you just, yeah, we just soul sisters that's the only way that I can describe it I love you Aww. and what are you grateful for Hannah oh just grateful <laughs> for everything <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm so grateful for my family this week we had the best zoom call with like my mum in England my cousins in Queensland and uh, my uncle and auntie and yeah, it were like, it was just, they're so far away and they're like, it's locked down and I haven't seen them for a couple of years. Like, um, and you kind of just get so busy in your day to day that like you forget, you know? And then when we all had this Zoom on the weekend, it was just like, I'd seen them yesterday, you know? I love that they're always, that is always still there, that relationship. Yeah. No matter how long it's been or how far away you are. That's beautiful. And family is such a, it's a unique sort of relationship, isn't it? Like you can literally not see family for such a like long period of time, but you love them to bits. And then when you finally do see them, it's like, you just feel like every, like that time would like, there is no time in it's between that. Away, yeah. Everything's exactly the same as it was kind of thing. I love that. So Oh, well, I hope that you get to see them really, really soon. Fingers crossed. Things are starting to change and open up over the next couple of months and then maybe next year. Maybe for overseas travel. I hope so. I hope so too. I want to see my mum and my sister, my brother, my dad, my niece, everybody. I want to see everybody. <laughs> You'll go there or will they come here? Um, I reckon my mum and my sister will come here, um, but the rest of my family I'll go over there for. And like Shadi's family, he's got family in Lebanon. His parents are in Romania, so we'll have we'll have a busy Europe trip. <laughs> Ooh, love it. Yeah. Okay. Now um, we thought that we'd move along into today's topic. So we've got a couple of things that we wanted to sort of have a bit of a chat about and they're so relevant in social media at the moment and I think 
a lot of people and like males and females will be able to relate to these ones. Um, whether you're someone who's um, just trying to get a little bit fitter or if you're someone in the coaching space, um, I think that, you know, a lot of people do struggle with this. So we thought we'd jump right in and chat about two things. So the first thing is um, imposter syndrome. And the other thing was comparisonitis. Yeah. So what do you, yeah, what, um, Hannah, what do you think, or what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Oh, good question. Okay. So imposter syndrome is that feeling you get where you're doing something that you kind of don't feel like you're qualified or good enough to do. And you kind of feel like a fraud in that situation. Yeah. Even though you actually probably do have the, the skills, but it's like that feeling that you don't have the skills. Yeah. It's like the confidence in yourself to, to perform or do whatever you're doing in that moment. Yeah. yeah. And why do you think it's such a, a common thing at the moment? Ah, oh, I feel like not just at the moment, I feel like imposter syndrome is like, I've had it my, my whole life. I still get it now. Like the first time I ever went to teach a group class, I, um, like I'd done my set three, I knew what I was doing. I was perfectly qualified to do it. But in my head, I just built up that at this particular gym, um, they would have had teachers who were way more experienced than me and knew what they were doing. And, and I was, they were going to laugh at me as soon as I went up and taught the class and they were going to realize that it was my first class and it was going to be ridiculous and everyone was going to judge me. And I, they would never let me work at the, at the gym again. Like I catastrophized a lot. Um, and then I went and taught the class and, and everything was fine and the world didn't end. And I was like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then you, that's how you build the confidence. But I think that people think that they will get the confidence first before they do the thing. But actually, you don't get the confidence until you do the thing. So you have to just put yourself out there, even when you're, especially when you're scared. Um, but yeah, it's just that I think it, the only way to get rid of imposter syndrome is just to do it. And then that becomes the norm and you no longer feel like an imposter until you come to the next uncomfortable situation that you're going to be in and then you'll get imposter syndrome all over again like when we started this podcast how many times before we pressed play did we go uh oh my god I've got imposter syndrome okay just fuck it just press play let's go <laughs> you know that's so interesting that you're talking about um that because I think there's actually a couple of other things that come to mind for me with um imposter syndrome so things like confidence and perfection I think that when we try and be perfect at everything, that sometimes can like almost create that imposter syndrome. Cause like, well, if I'm not perfect like that girl, then how can I possibly do it the exact same way or in my own way? Like, and then you, like what you said, you catastrophize everything. And um, I think as females as well, sometimes males as well, but a lot of females tend to overthink things and overanalyze. And it's so easy to do that. So like what you were saying before, you know, one thing was leading to another thought about um, not being able to do this class. And then, you know, you think about the all the negative things that could actually happen if you can't perform, right? So it's such an interesting um, topic, isn't it? Yeah. Would you describe imposter syndrome in the same way or does it like, show, how does it show up for you? I was actually thinking that's, 
yeah, same wavelength. So that um, self-doubt and um, what else did I write? Yeah, the feeling of being a fraud um, for sure. And, you know, I think the first thing is recognising that we all go through this. It's not just certain personalities. It's like every single person in their um, you know, some point in their life will have gone through this in, you know, a completely different way, whether it was, you know, business related or, you know, career or parenting even. Um, I think it can come up in so many different aspects of our life. So it's not just career related, like what you were mentioning before. And I've definitely experienced this, um, I want to say maybe more so, actually, I want to say like when I first started PT, I definitely felt that way because I actually felt as though I didn't have the experience. And so, yeah, I felt that I, you know, why would I, why would other people listen to me if I don't have the experience yet kind of thing. And then as I started to develop the experience, then, you know, it's still around like, but in different aspects, because like what you said, you, you go on to the next thing and then you have that those feelings of imposter syndrome again and then again and again once you get past that next stage so it's probably it's something that we're going to have to work on forever essentially it's it's a lifelong um sort of progression it's so interesting what you just said um about how when you did PT you felt like you didn't have the experience and you why would people want to work with you when you haven't got that experience and that just same for me and same in that group fitness environment when you get imposter syndrome it might actually be a real real thing like you might actually not have enough experience and you might actually not be the best qualified person but that doesn't mean that's not something that needs to stop you because you will never be um you'll never get to that level without just throwing yourself in so when you feel that imposter syndrome, you might have these like lack of experience or whatever that is valid and it's, it is the truth, but it can't hold you back. You have to do the thing anyway. So I think that's something that we should recognize is that um, we're not saying that imposter syndrome is actually a, a make-believe and we just think we're not good enough when we're not. We might not be, but not good enough yet add yet to the end of that sentence and know that you can learn and get the experience to have what it takes to become what you want to become. And then that takes away the fear. Yeah, I agree there. And I think that us like sharing these vulnerabilities can actually, and the fact that, you know, we might have insecurities in certain ways, it almost, I guess, normalizes that everyone goes through these kinds of things and that in itself not to say that we should always feel this way because you know we want to always be improving and everything but it's just saying that it's okay if you do have these feelings but it's what you do after the fact that's the most important so if you do feel that you aren't uh, that you are inexperienced and you actually are then you need to practice you need to actually get in the ring and do the work. Um, but if you have the experience and you're feeling that you don't have the experience, that was very confusing. <laughs> okay, I'm with you, I'm still with you. <laughs> then it's more so your perspective that needs to sort of shift and you need to uh, work on 
um, just changing your perspective about the situation, not trying to be perfect, I think is the um, important thing here. Because like what we said before, perfection does not exist. So true. And one thing that someone, one of my mentors somewhere along the way said this to me, and it just stuck with me for so much, is like, when you're stuck in imposter syndrome, you are doing a disservice to the people that need your help by you stopping yourself from like, for me, for example, um, I had massive imposter syndrome with social media because I compared myself to all of these perfectly edited videos and pictures. And I was like, Oh shit. Like I, I can't edit videos in this way. I don't know what I'm doing. Mine are going to look stupid. I shouldn't even bother posting them. And he was like, you're doing a disservice to the people that need to see this because they're not following you for the perfectly edited videos or the perfectly edited pictures. They're following you for your journey and how that can help them. So stop making it about you and make it about the people that you're helping. And that just, you snap through it. And I respond very well to tough love. So he knows how to talk to me and be like, listen, it's not about you. So stop making it about you. That works for me. You've got to be softer with other people. Like some people like a softer approach. <laughs> oh, I like this one. There's a couple of things that come to mind here. I, this might not ring, like it might not resonate with some people, but it works for me and I think it might work for you. Um, so <laughs> by saying to yourself, stop being a little bitch. Oh, stop yes. <laughs> My favorite, yeah. I don't know, it just really hits me. And, um, you know, whether it's me in the gym training or whether it's me complaining about my period or, you know, whatever it is in my life, sometimes that really does hit me. Um, and there was another thought that I was thinking, but I feel like it's left me. I'll have to bring it up later because I think it does tie in with the next um, sort of topic. Did you want to go into that? And then we can circle back if we need. Yeah, of course. So um, comparisonitis, kind of another big important topic, especially today when there is so much to compare yourself to. Um, social media being the devil. I went on TikTok for the first time yesterday. Yes, I'm 30. I'm only just getting into TikTok. Leave me alone. <laughs> Actually, I'm 31. Um, but I was like, all I saw was tits, ass, perfection and I was like whoa like it's even worse than Instagram what is happening and like it's so easy to just go down that rabbit hole of comparing yourself to everyone else like it's crazy I am so grateful that we did not grow up with social media to be honest like as the norm because wow teenage girls so impressionable it was bad enough when we had to compare ourselves to magazines and stuff but now I was just thinking about mag magazines as well and um, like uh, MTV awards and the, all the video clips and all that sort of stuff that we grew up with. And I even, I was very responsive to those magazines, constantly seeing, um, you know, all these famous people looking absolutely flawless all the time. And, you know, the article would be like, how to get six pack abs and like all of this, like just, bullshit really um and now I sort of understand the background and like all of the behind the scenes and everything um but for people who are like you said impressionable young women um and even males too having social media at your fingertips can actually be very negative to our own body image and to what we think is normal 
as well or what's the average female meant to look like it's like average people don't actually look like what we see um you know we're a lot of the time comparing ourselves to like the best athletes in the world like in terms of like in the fitness industry anyway and people who are just starting out on their journey can look at those pictures and those um, videos and think that oh I could never possibly get to that level so I'm not even going to bother and then it's that um, paralysis by analysis sort of kicking in where you don't do anything because you're so overwhelmed with all of the things yeah yeah. I get very passionate about this I too. Love it. I'm so passionate about this. And like yeah. one of the things that um so I don't know if I don't know if this is good to share. Don't tell anyone, guys. But so when I was young, I was actually in some of the like the lads mags in England, like we have zoo, nuts, that sort of thing. And um before I went in, I was 18 when I did my first when I had my first shoot and before that I was like oh my god I'll never be able to go in because um I'm, I don't have flawless skin I've got imperfections I've got all of this these things wrong with me that these other girls don't have and I had z- zero concept of editing and photoshop I, I had no idea how it went I'd heard of it and I understood the concepts but I didn't I'd never seen a before and after I'd never um had anything to compare it to so your mind can't comprehend what it's never seen before or never experienced before right so I I did the shoot and I was I went and I met the girls that were also in the shoot and I was like I've seen these girls in the mics they didn't look like this in real life and I was kind of like oh like weird you know like I I expected you to be different because you have you expect them to be perfect flawless still images of like you know beauty and perfection and then you meet them in real life and they're normal girls beautiful but normal Mm. girls and I was like oh and then I saw my pictures and I was like that's not me I had a fucking look like that I was like absolutely gobsmacked once they edited them and then I was like that was my first experience of editing and photoshop and I was like wow like my mind was blown um it gave me the confidence to continue until I had my car crash which is a whole other story um and that's what's that's why I stopped modeling um but yeah it like it was just crazy to to be exposed to that at such a young age um but two really important things were one I'd really like if I hadn't have been exposed to that at such a young age I would have spent years and years still comparing myself to um what perfections what images of beauty and perfection and thinking that it was real and the second thing was it actually gave me a distorted image of myself because I was always showing these flawless edited pictures and then I started to get uncomfortable with how I really looked because people were expecting to meet me seeing this and I'm really me so yeah, yeah kind of from both angles And you know what, though, a lot of people, like, if they do see those images as well, and they think that they can, or, you know, they want to achieve that body, because they see it, and oh my god, this person, this uh, woman is absolutely flawless and beautiful and perfect in every way, shape or form, I want their body. And then you look at their body type, and they have a completely different body type. There is no way that they're going to be able to even, like, get close to the same body shape without surgery 
really, um, no matter how much muscle mass they put on in certain areas, the shape of their bones and where they store body fat is going to be completely different. So we, we shouldn't ever be comparing ourselves to anyone because everyone has a completely different body shape, different genetics, where we store body fat is different to another person. So we'll never look exactly the same, but we can look our best self, which is what we actually should be striving for. So true. I love that. Tell me about your experiences with comparisonitis. Um, well, I guess like this doesn't have to just be like a physical thing. It could also be uh, like success related, which is probably something that I would say I've been struggling with probably ever since I started coaching because, you know, I, I started my business properly like officially last year um about a year and a year and a bit ago prior to that I was working for another company with the coaching and I think you know seeing other girls on social media and you know you don't see the behind the scenes you don't see the years of work prior to that and where someone started off um, and something that I have noticed a lot of uh, women who are very successful in the fitness industry have also been personal trainers for many years before they went online. Whereas, you know, for me, at least, I was only a PT for a year before I went online. And that was almost, for me, it was a forced online thing because of um, moving, moving cities. Um, and I went back into nursing for a little while. So I was kind of juggling the two. Um, and then I was strictly online after that. So I know some people who completely had to go online because of COVID as well. Um, that's also another forced reason. Um, but yeah, I find that a lot of uh, women who are very successful have actually had a PT business for many years. So they've built up their clients, um, all their transformations and all those kinds of things uh, for years and years before they finally started online. And then they it appears as though they just went from zero to 100, but they didn't. They actually did start at the at the bottom and now they're here <laughs> um so it's you know, it's really like recognizing <clears throat> the fact that we're all on our own journey and it doesn't matter how slow it feels or how fast it looks that someone else has actually achieved what they did because if you're constantly looking at someone else's journey that means that you're not focusing on your journey and you're actually slowing your journey down because you're constantly looking in front of you or looking behind you it's like um when people are doing races and like sprints and stuff and they look behind them and then they lose the race because they're constantly looking at someone else's uh, journey and they forget that they're meant to be running too and <laughs> so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've sort of seen um and definitely um I mean, this is something that I probably do struggle with all the time as well. And I have to bring myself out of it to remind myself that um, I need to focus on my own journey um, and what I'm trying to achieve and my vision in life. Uh, whilst I still want to support all of my soul sisters like you, I need to be focusing on my own stuff as well. And, um, you know, still being a cheerleader, but um, also being my biggest cheerleader as well, which I think is really important too. Yeah, I love that. And what you were just saying, that's why they put blinkers on horses on their races to stop them from looking from side to side 
because it yeah. slows you down. So yeah, comparison is the thief of joy. I know, love that quote so much. And I actually had another thought. Um, this is kind of about the confidence that I was sort of talking about before. I did a, a business and a mindset course recently. And within the course, we did Zoom calls like every single week. And, and the host would be, there was two guys and they would alternate each time. And essentially, I can't remember what the topic was that we spoke about that day exactly. It might have been about fear. I think it was like what we fear um, so that we can recognize it and do something about it. And I mentioned in my little small group, we went, we broke out into, um, did you know that you could do this with Zoom? You can break out into break rooms. No. Well, like you're in a call of like, you know, 50 people. You can break out into little group calls. Uh, I'm for a period of time. with my cool that? <laughs> That's awesome. Writing this down. <laughs> and then we jump back into the call with everyone else. Um, and, you know, we'd had like a little conversation about our experience and, and what we were fearing. And the guy that I was, uh, well, the two people I was with, uh, one of the fellows, um, he was not one of the hosts, but he was kind of one of the, people that sort of help out. And he's like, Nari, I want you to share what you said with us when we jump back into the group call. So I was the first person to jump in. And um, this is actually like, I was literally saying my fear as I did my fear, if that makes sense. So my fear was public speaking. And it's something that I've always struggled with ever since I was a kid, no matter how many I did, I still feared getting up in front of people and saying stuff, whether it was a Zoom call where you're just behind a screen or whether it was actually physically in, in, the, uh, in the presence of lots of strangers or just lots of people in general. Um, like I can chat until the car, cows come home to just like another person or a couple of people, but sometimes when I'm in a, like a big group, it definitely um, gives me a little bit of like anxiety and lots of nervous thoughts sort of, pop into my head and fear of judgment, comparing myself to other people, those things are like the root cause or the, you know, the main sort of problem for me. So jumped on the Zoom, uh, the group call and said, I fear public speaking. And, you know, I was asked to sort of jump on and say this. And it was quite a really like an incredible response from people because one of the girls I was in the call with actually said, like, thank you so much for jumping on and saying that because I actually always admired how confident you are. And it's so interesting to see that other people view me as something completely different to what I was viewing myself. And sometimes you have to put yourself out there. You have to jump out of your comfort zone and literally say your insecurity because you'll probably find that other people have the exact same thing and then it almost normalizes the thing that you fear and it's like oh shit like other people have this problem too oh it's not so bad it's actually not that scary you know so um there was another thought that sort of popped into my head with that um oh yeah so um what's his name rob dial that's it um mindset mentor that's the the business course that i did so he basically always used to say are you on self or are you on purpose 
So when you're having these fears, are you, you know, thinking about yourself too much and not focusing on your passion or your purpose in life? Because then it's sort of, you can reflect and be like, oh shit, like, yeah, I was literally thinking of myself here. Let's just put the focus on everyone else. Like what you're talking about earlier, being a disservice to the people around you and what you can actually deliver to people and the education and, and whatnot that you can actually deliver. And then it can sort of just shift your perspective a little bit so that you, you can actually go and do the thing that you were supposed to do in the first place. So that was probably my um, recent, like one of the most recent things for me is, um, you know, sometimes, yeah, I will compare myself to other people, but I, I need to pull myself out of that and realize that um, I'm not going to be achieving anything if I'm constantly focusing on other people, you know, I need to focus on what I'm doing in life and what my journey is, um, you know, progressing towards. I love that. So good. I just had an idea as well. I feel like um, it would be really useful for everyone listening if we could give our sort of uh, tips on how you can overcome imposter syndrome or comparisonitis or what people can do for themselves to, to help with that. Do you have any? Um, I would say, I think to honestly talking about it or journaling is such an effective way to actually, uh, get your thoughts out, your emotions and your feelings and everything and your thoughts. Um, and with sharing with other people, that's when you can realize that you're not the only one that actually experiences these things. And you can actually, uh, it's almost that sense of community that, other people experience the same thing too. And, you know, if someone else is experiencing it, but they actually uh, have been able to overcome it and still do the thing they were supposed to do, then I can do that too for myself. So I think that's probably one of the biggest things for me. What about you, Hannah? What do you think? Um, yeah, definitely what you were saying. So with, with any change in behaviour, um, awareness is 80% of it. A lot of the time it's just about bringing light to those insecurities or those fears so that you can recognize them for what they are, reflect on them, journal, talk about them, analyze them, catch yourself in the moment when you are having that feeling or behaving in that way because you're having that feeling and then that's how you change a behavior. So yeah, definitely just bringing awareness to it in any way that you can. Um, another thing for me is adding yet to things. So when you're like, oh, I don't know how to do that. I can't do this. And you start catastrophizing. Remember, you don't know how to do that yet. You're not good enough yet, but everything is learnable. Definitely. So just, yeah, dive in. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's so true. Like sometimes the thing that I was thinking about earlier, I think the one that I forgot, um, we were sort of talking about, I guess it was momentum really. So motivation comes from being disciplined and doing the act or whatever it is and then you get that motivation to keep going and that momentum to keep going yeah so I think sometimes you just have to go and do it and put yourself out there jump out of your comfort zone just do the thing like not think about it too much beforehand just go and do it and then afterwards you're like oh shit like actually I was able to do it like oh it's actually not that hard and then it gives you confidence to do it in the future as well 
so true mm. yeah definitely I love that um another one as well um that I think is really good for people it's something that I do a lot with with my coaching clients is watching your language and reframing the language that you're using um so just to give an example which I'm probably going to give like the most irrelevant example now but it's the first thing that's just popped into my head um when you are stuck in a problem or you're stuck in um, like something that you feel like you can't get out of. So if you have this problem that feels all consuming and you can't um, think of a solution because you're too caught up in the emotions of the problem, change the tense of it, change the timing of it. So, okay, I had this problem in this current moment that I'm in now, I'm safe, I'm fine. I don't have this problem at this moment, but I had it and I might have it again in the future separate yourself it takes you away from the emotion so that you can reflect analyze journal from a clear headspace to find a solution does that make sense so when you can reframe your language around situations imposter syndrome or uh, decision paralysis or something like that then you can actually take the emotion away think about it logically because you use it I'm going to go so deep on this now uh, but you use a different part of your brain so when you are stuck in an emotional state you're using your limbic brain and actually the CEO of your brain the one that makes the decisions uh, is your frontal cortex and you need him switched on but if you're stuck in your limbic brain because you're so emotional he's not going to do his work I'm tapping my head now but you can't see me guys um, <laughs> yeah got you you got me. <laughs> so yeah, it, it basically changes the part of your brain that you're using. So you're able to make clearer decisions. And then mm -hmm. by taking yourself out of that scenario, you can uh, move through the situation and come to a solution. I love that. Is that class? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, is that something that you've been learning in your course at the moment? It is. And I'm so fascinated by it. It's amazing. Like I'm Testing it on everyone. Shadi's like, stop psychoanalyzing me. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a fascinating thing, our brain and our thoughts. It's just like, and the fact that we, well, the fact that we can control it to an extent. It's amazing. I'm learning so many cool techniques and mind control. <laughs> Love that. Well, that's like the, the most important thing, like in, in order to change our behaviors and um, change our habits and what we do, in order to be successful in anything, we actually have to work on our thoughts and how we think. So um, it really, it has a lot of value. So yeah. you're learning some really cool stuff, Hannah. Thank you. I'm excited. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm going to like, every time we'll have our little coaching session before we start, I'll teach you all the things. Love it. <laughs> um, one of the other points I was thinking about, I actually thought about a similar wavelength about perspective. Um, but I also thought that if you're comparing yourself to someone, um, instead of thinking of them as like, uh, like putting them up on a pedestal, I mean, you could, but you could take it in, in the way that why not let that person inspire you rather than make you feel inferior you know, so if you do see someone who has an incredible, incredible physique and you think that it's maybe unattainable to you right now, like what you said before, you know, it may be in the future if you work your ass off to get there and, and you're on the right path to do so. So, um, you know, turning it around, turning your, um, your words around can really, your words can actually 
change your thoughts and change the way that you feel in, about certain situations. So um, words are very powerful and our thoughts are powerful too. So true. Um, yeah, that's so right. And like with business, with anything, like if she can do it, I can too, you know? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, while we're on this subject, I actually um, I always compare myself to you. Like, you know, like, like I'm your biggest cheerleader and your biggest fan, but I'm always like, fuck, she's so knowledgeable. She knows so much about nutrition. She knows so much about training techniques. And when we were doing that nutrition course, last, uh, nutrition um, episode last week, I was like, oh, I better just let Diary talk because I'm going to sound a bit silly. <laughs> I loved our conversation last week. Like I actually um, think that I've had a similar sort of experience too. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we this wasn't on um, recording, but remember when you first brought up the imposter syndrome and when you met, when you said that word and you, you were talking about it, and I was like, holy shit, the, I experienced this too, but I've never once said it. I've never spoken about it at all. And I was like, shit, like other people experience this too who are in a similar journey as me. And that's kind of what I was going on before is that sometimes you get that sense of community that it's okay because other people experience that too. And it's what you do afterwards that matters than the actual first initial feeling, you know? So yeah, I definitely feel the exact same way. And, you know, there's things that both of us bring to the table that are you know, potentially a little bit different. Um, but we both have our own, um, you know, key skill sets and, and different strengths. And I think it's really important to be able to learn from each other. You know, if there's something that I don't know, being able to learn from you is really valuable. And so I love the fact that we can have these conversations because I'm learning at the same time as us, you know, conversing and sort of sharing with our listeners. So that's really cool. That's so cool. And you know what's so important, which just popped into my head during this, if we had let that stop us, we wouldn't be here now. We wouldn't be having this conversation now. And if we had, when you are in that and you feel feel inadequate or inferior, if you are open to learning and recognize your own unique skills, your own ability and have that confidence within yourself that, this person might know something different to me, but it doesn't mean that I'm any less valuable because of that. Amazing things can happen. Where if you, sometimes you can get defensive. Some people, when mm. I feel like we, the older you get, the more you learn, the more you sort of break through that. But I've been guilty of this in the past. I've been like, oh, I could have had the different mentality of, oh, I don't want to um, have this conversation with this person because I'm defensive and I don't feel like, and it hurts my ego. So I'm just going to stay out of it and be bitchy or whatever. That would have gone a completely different way. So you've got to be open to learn from other people and don't let it stop you. Yes. Open-mindedness. And also there was another thought that came into my head within that. Sorry, I'm forgetting my train of thought a lot today. (laughs) Sorry, maybe because Uh, I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) No, but I, I definitely feel the exact same way. Oh, that's right. Beginner's mindset. And I think that's something that I've been learning as I've gotten older too, and I'm sure you're the same, Hannah, is understanding that, like, you know, we, we can always learn new things and we should always be learning, right? And we'll never be 
I think we've said this before, we'll never be uh, the most knowledgeable in a certain field, but we can always like continually get better and, and um, you know, gain more knowledge and everything from our different experiences and different people we um, talk with. Um, but it's also bringing it back to removing the ego. And if there's a chance for me to learn something from someone else, doesn't matter where they come from in life. It doesn't matter if they're younger, older, everyone has different um, value to add. And I think that we always need to keep that in mind that we can always learn from anybody that we come in contact with. So oh, I was going to say something else far out. <laughs> That's okay. It's all good. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think that, um, yeah, I don't have any more to add. I feel like we just had like such a good chat. I feel like there's so many takeaways from that. Definitely. I think that um, it's really cool to sort of bring all these topics to light because um, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to these things, um, especially our listeners, um, people who are coaches or anyone who's just wanting to live a healthier lifestyle. It's, you know, it's nice to sort of bring awareness to some of these things and, and share some of our uh, words of wisdom. Yeah. And know that we're all in it together. Like every one of us experiences it at some point. Exactly. Well, we might sort of wrap up the podcast for today. So I hope you guys enjoyed this one and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Thank you.